Hello, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are looking at the event where Jesus returns to Gennesaret. This is found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 34 through 36. It's also found in Mark chapter 6. Let us read Matthew 14, beginning in verse 34. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. This is a lot different than the first time Jesus came to this region. Uh, Remind us, what what happened the first time Jesus came? Cross the lake. Yeah, Jesus Christ and his disciples crossed the lake um, towards east, mm-hmm. about seven miles. And when they landed, um, um, one or two demon-possessed people came towards Jesus, and uh, people wanted to talk, but they are controlled by a different power, and they said the words of the demons who were possessing them. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ cast out those demons into the pigs. The pigs um, were thrown into the sea and drowned. And the owners of the pig came from that region and they were so upset and asked Jesus to live. Yeah. But now in this event, we have them going and getting all the sick Mm -hmm. and bringing them to Jesus that, that he might that they might just touch the fringe. Now, the touching the fringe, that's familiar as well. Where, where yeah. do we get this from? It is the woman who uh, was sick for a number of years, and she said in her mind, only if I touch the, his garment, the bottom of his garment, and he touched Jesus from behind. And Jesus said, uh, who has touched me because a power left me? And that healing is an exchange of powers. Yeah. So that uh, woman's behavior was copied and amplified now at a larger scale, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people came. Their goal was to only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as they touched it were made well. So it seems like this woman's testimony has spread to this new area. Very quick. So I guess that that talks about the the longevity of our witness and the what what happens after you know many mm-hmm. times we have these spiritual experiences with god um for the good or for the bad whatever it was but what happens a week from then yes. or a day from them or you know church what happens on the way home from church uh-huh. yeah, exactly your observation took my mind to the Old Testament, to the story of Nineveh. Remember, it was a prophet of God um, called Jonah, who was sent, and he was not very happy, one of the unhappy prophets. He went to Nineveh, and he preached the gospel, Mm -hmm. and those people repented in dust and ashes, and their lives were saved. And it was a revival in Nineveh. And about 100, 150 years later, Another prophet, uh, Nahum, from the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, was uh, given a message that the initial repentance and revival from the previous generation or two generations away Mm -hmm. 
have dwindling, have disappeared. And now Nineveh was doomed to destruction. And in fact, about 30 years later, Nineveh in 612 before Christ was uh, taken by the uh, Medes and the Babylonians and it was destroyed. So how come that we experience revival now? And as I said, next week or even on the way home, <laughs> we forget about that. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the human condition. There, there was a book written, and it's titled Creeping Compromise. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens both ways. I think it happens for good and for bad. That we as human beings, we're, we're naturally evil. And this sanctification process, we, we use this big word sanctification to talk about the work that God does in us when we're saved. This sanctification process is this creeping compromise that takes us from evil. Uh, it compromises us with our evil self, our natural self, the, the things that I want me. And it turns us into a person who looks to others. And we need to feed that. Likewise, if we're in a place where we're our eyes are on Jesus, we're doing wonderful things, but we're not feeding that, we start compromising back to the self. We, we start going backwards to, to be uh, where we were before. And so really it comes down to if we want faith to last, we need to surround ourselves with Jesus. And this is part of what we're doing here with these podcasts is hoping that people get into a rhythm of reading their Bible every day, of mm -hmm. making touch points with God. Now, um, the story that we just read here in Matthew chapter 14 is the reverse story from Nineveh. Mm -hmm. The first time they rejected Jesus Christ and yeah. the focus was on their property, on their pigs. The second time they embraced Jesus Christ when they recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implore him, that is Jesus, that they might only touch the fringe of his garment and they were made well. So now what happens the other way? How come that the first time they rejected Jesus? What happened in between? Uh, if you are thinking about your spiritual journey mm -hmm. or if you are a leader of a small group or or a, a spiritual leader in a church what can you do how can we build that context in which people need christ people are looking for him can we do something as human beings or we wait until everyone is sick so people would need christ yeah and i think we talked about this earlier the reason why they're touching Jesus' garment is obviously they they believe that it would make them well. And the evidence that we have was the woman who touched Jesus' garment. So testimony, sharing mm -hmm. out testimony is one way where we can build the faith of, of those around us um, and putting people in connection with God in places where they um, can make a decision to either follow God or not to. One act of faith. Yeah, one single story can be used by God to produce a revival in a whole region. Mm -hmm. You see how important sometimes if we feel like uh, uh, even if I'm faithful to God, uh, 
what is going to be my impact on humanity? Um, I'm just a tiny little drop of water in a huge ocean. But you never know, God can use your story and spread it around the whole region and produce a regional or national revival. Exactly. Uh, Many times we feel that we're not worthy or we're not special or, Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but we never know how God will use us when we put ourselves out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what does this story tell us about God? Well, it is uh, a Jesus Christ who decided to go there for the second time. Mm-hmm. So this is our God, a God of a second chance, and maybe the third and the fourth, we don't know how many, but we know for sure that we are going to have at least two or three chances mm-hmm. because nobody will be condemned except on the uh, testimony of two or three witnesses. That is a law in the Old Testament, uh, which is a reflection of uh, God's thinking about us human beings. Yeah. So I see here Jesus Christ as representing our loving Father who is ready to give us more gifts, more opportunities, more chances to know him. And uh, eventually, hopefully, we will take those chances. We'll use them for good. I remember that uh, story from uh, the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to read it uh, sometimes down the road, Matthew chapter 21, the story of the tenants. When a rich man uh, built a vineyard with a tower and a fence and a wine press and rented it out to tenants. And when the time of the harvest came and they have to split right between Mm -hmm. the the workers, the tenants and the owner, he sent his servants and they uh, beat them and killed one of them. And he sent the second round of servants, even more. That means our God is a God of the second chance. And eventually, uh, the owner sent his only son. So this is what God does. Yeah. And uh, this is clearly reflected in uh, Jesus Christ going back to a place where he was rejected first. And I think that's what jumps out to me, is God is not a God of revenge. Mm -hmm. You wronged me. I'm not going to help you. Um, we get even. Yeah, I, I'm not here to get even or to rub it in your face or to to do anything. That that the same people who rejected Jesus, he's back there, and he's willing to heal them and to serve them and to be with them and to um, forgive. And and I think that's for me that's one of the greatest beauties is that that God does not fall into the pettiness of humanity. Mm-hmm. All right. So how does this story speak to us today? What do we learn from this? And what are we going to do about it? Sometimes we go away from God. And when we hear the invitation, come to me, we feel that we went too far away, mm-hmm. that uh, it's uh, hard or impossible to turn around, that God is not that much interested in me, that I didn't add any value to his kingdom. And so this story shows us or tells me that uh, everyone is important to God, even yeah. those who reject Him, even those who do not believe in Him. 
or even those who might have wrong beliefs about God, even those who focus more on their material possessions. Mm -hmm. uh, God will speak to people in a way or another as one who is interested in their immediate needs, who is healing their sick and bringing back the joy of life. As I look at this event, I see a God who, in the healing, builds that relationship, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the way God is speaking to me today is to share with others, uh, to pray for others. You know, we, we talked about this. How, how do we hold on to faith? How do we allow faith to extend? Uh, we see the Ninevites losing their faith, losing that connection with God and ultimately being destroyed. Here we see the Gennesarenes grabbing onto faith and moving from where they didn't have it to where they did. And I think about my friends or family or those around me who don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and I, my prayer always f is that God will bring them into contact mm -hmm. with himself and give them a chance. And if they say no, that he will give them another chance, a third, a fourth, a fifth chance, but continue to give them chances until they get to a place where they're willing to follow. And in my life, I've seen particularly family that we prayed for for years, decades, come to Jesus in, time, in ways that we never thought possible. So it's amazing to see God's hand at work. Um, and uh, I like to just add one more uh, thought. Realizing that our God is a God of many chances, mm -hmm. should not make us into procrastinators. Yeah. Okay, um, Lord, it seems that this is my first chance. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to do what I want today. Uh, this time, I'm going to be watching for the next chance that you give me. And I'm going to grab that opportunity. You never know if you are able to recognize the second or the third chance. Yeah. Use it today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the chances that you've given us. We thank you for the new life and the opportunities. And we thank you that you're quick to forgive, Amen. slow to anger. Father, we pray that we won't be presumptuous, that we won't wait for some point in our life when uh, we have gotten to the place where we've done everything we wanted to do. Now we're ready for you. But Father, we pray that we'll accept you now and realize the joy and um, peace and wonderfulness of being a servant of you, being a child of you right now. So please help us to move forward in faith. Help us to remember what we've done and help us to continually put uh, time in our day where we can be in contact with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.